This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a two-year low. There are, of course, complex He was the big spender. The big spender. Doing the grocery shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and I'm joined, as always, by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Welcome, Thomas. Yeah, good, Adam. How you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm really looking forward to this episode, actually, because you've just come to me and gone, here, Adam, here's all of the prep for this week's episode, (laughs) 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 Um, which I love. Um, It really fits with my work ethic and my ethos around um, show preparation. Yeah, well, I've been. Car- I feel like I've been carrying the show since the beginning. Uh, it's business <laughs> oh, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think the latest feedback we had, uh, if I can just find it here, the latest feedback was from Chris, who said "comedy gold" was uh, one of one of his comments. So I don't know. Like, well, unless you've dropped some comedy gold that I haven't noticed, but uh, I've dropped comedy Bitcoin. It's the new gold. <laughs> Oh, there it is. There's yeah. that ec- economist humour we've come to know and love. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Zinger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the folks in the economics club are killing it right now. <laughs> the weekly gathering to listen to comedian versus economist <laughs> down at the economics club is just, is just reached fever pitch. Yeah. Um, now, we have got a big episode today. Um, and I did mention an email there from Chris. You can always email us, uh, cbe at equitymates.com. Uh, you can email us direct or find us on the website at equitymates.com forward slash cbe. If you do want to get in touch, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you, uh, make sure you do that if you're that way inclined. But today, um, Thomas, the economy, you tell me, is on the cusp of a boom. Has it started booming yet or it's about to boom? What's going on? Uh, I think I think it's happening. It's yeah. I think right. you'll you'll look at the fourth quarter of 2020, first quarter of 2021 as the beginning of the boom. Right, the I beginning think. of the boom. When was the last boom? Oh, probably the mining boom around 2013, 14. Right. That's probably the last time we'd be talking about a boom. Yeah, right. I I didn't. I I wasn't really investing much back then. So. Mm. I'm much more keen for this boom. I feel like I've got a little <laughs> bit of stake in the game. <laughs> um, I did actually... <laughs> uh, we're recording on the 22nd of February today and I did actually just... Uh, I thought... I, I talked to my wife about it. We decided to put a little bit of money into the stocks. I've been listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast. Uh, we thought we're just going to buy some ETFs, just stick it in there and hold. Um, and so I, I bought a bunch, kind of a, a bunch of ETFs on the on Friday, <laughs> and the ASX dropped 2%. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Sorry, I bought on Thursday. On the Friday, it dropped 2%. So, um, you know, I'm staying the course. I'm trying to set and forget uh, like I've been taught. But, uh, and you're sleeping on the couch. And I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't told Anna that, that, <laughs> we've, that we've dropped 2%. Just, yeah, I thought I'll, I'll wait for this boom to kick off and really get up and running and then I'll say just look at how much we've made so far mm. uh, we might be back to even <laughs> so yeah yeah I look to it to be honest I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that, that things aren't running on as much as they potentially could be I, yeah I would have expected things to be a bit stronger at this stage of the game but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're still, man, maybe we're still gearing up, still bouncing back from the cover, you know, from the COVID downturn. We haven't fully mm. made our way back. So, but I think, yeah, the point, the point is that the outlook is pretty strong. And like, I mean, the interesting thing right now is, so like, I'm, I'm calling a boom. I think the, you know, activity is going to be strong. Uh, it's a great environment for revenue and for profits for companies. The outlook's looking great in general. What's interesting is, think like, I'm, you know, I'm a hack, so you shouldn't listen to me. But everyone, everyone in the space right now is saying that the outlook looks really strong, and that's that's. So I, I, we, I read pretty widely, mm. um, and it's it's an it's an unusual time in that sense. Is that you don't there's no dissenting voices. You don't hear any bears right now. It, even the bears that I read, who you know, perma bears they call them. They're all they're always bearish. They believe this. <laughs> perma bears, perma that's bears. Nice. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, even they're not. They might be hibernating. Yeah, no, even they're saying, yeah, no, the outlook for the, the, the sort of line is, yeah, structurally, the Australian economy is still stuffed, but mm. the next 18 months to two years are going to be strong. What do you mean? Well, hang on, before we get started with all these mm. points you've outlaid for me, mm. what do you mean the structurally we're still stuffed? That sounds, that's concerning to me. <laughs> is that where my, is that where my 2% drop came from? Uh, no, that's, that's not that's not the structural decline of the Australian economy. Uh, no, I mean it's it, you look at the sort of the the structure of the Australian economy. Like I don't, every perma bear's got a different view of things. You know, right. some might say you know we've hollowed out the manufacturing industry. We've become overly reliant on the Chinese economy. Um, we've leveraged to the gills on the cheap credit that the, that the mining boom has created, and all of that's got to unwind at some point. We've, we've, you know, that that's a view. Like I'm, I'm just mm. giving you an example there. Um, yeah, but there's always you can always tell these stories. And the thing is, you look into the long run, and often the long run never actually arrives. You know, it gets overtaken by other short term trends right. that emerge and take things in different directions. So you, yeah, you can always find that story if you want. Right. Mm. From the perma bears. From the perma bears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are there perma bulls? Uh, th- I guess they, would they wouldn't. Yeah, there, there, there are. There's people who are always upbeat about the outlook for the share market. They tend to not be people who are like bullish. Tend to be bullish around sectors or particular companies. You right. know, it's not often. You, you wouldn't really. There's no one in the markets who's just like it's always a great time to buy stocks. Always and yeah, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't really hear p- about perma bulls. Perma, like perma bears and perma bulls is a bit of a pejorative that comes from people who aren't perma bears or perma bulls. <laughs> you, no one's like, yeah, I'm a perma bear, you know, like, right. <laughs> but like they're saying, I'm, yeah. I'm totally rational and I have a clear-eyed view about the, the outlook for the Australian economy. Yeah. I would say, yeah, no, nah, you're a perma bear. Yeah. Like, mm. okay, boomer. 
A bit like um, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's get started. So uh, we're just going to cover off. We're going to cover off ten reasons uh, why we think um, the economy is is set to boom or is going to boom in the next. Uh, what are we saying? The next year or, or two? Uh, yeah, I think the outlook for the next eighteen months, two years is is strong. Is boomish. Boomish. Mm-hmm. Like, I like your level of commitment. <laughs> it's boomish. <laughs> all right. Number one is the recovery is V shaped. Uh, what do we mean by the recovery is V-shaped? Uh, yeah, so this, so we're talking specifically about GDP here. Maybe go back to the um, introductory series we did to fuller description on GDP. But yeah, so GDP tanked in the March and June quarters of 2020 on the back of COVID and the lockdowns, uh, but then came back strongly in the September quarter. And we haven't got December yet, but um, it came back very strongly. And now all the forward-looking indicators are suggesting that it's going to keep on bouncing back very quickly uh, and getting back to trend, you know, in the in the in the foreseeable future. So. Yeah, so it's V-shaped. We're coming back very quickly, um, putting the the COVID lockdown and the downturn associated with that behind us. Yeah, and to be honest, much more quickly than than literally everyone was expecting. We're still talking that it's coming back or it's back. Like, because if we look at the if you look at the the chart, maybe we could share this chart um, somewhere social media. Um, it looks like it's back on the trajectory that it was pre-COVID. So are we back to where we were or are we still getting back? Uh, we're still getting back. We're still not like GDP in a level sense. So GDP is the amount of stuff we produced in, in a given quarter. That's mm. still less than where it was pre-COVID at the last count, at the, in the September quarter count. Um, but it's on its way back quickly. So that chart you're looking at there includes forecasts from CBA ah. and has that coming back to trend, which is all forecasts eventually come back to trend. But... The point is, it come is coming back very quickly. So we're we're partially, you know, we're not we're not we haven't completed the V shape yet, but we're definitely we're halfway up the up, the uptick. That's how we can think about it. And that's you know that September quarter, December quarter, we'll probably get pretty close to all the way back. And then March, June, you know, September this year, then we're going to be sort of onwards and upwards from there. It's looking like pretty much everyone is is thinking that now. There's that's the right. consensus view. Mm. Unless, unless some some W fans come along and they want to see it, <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a problem. If those 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 perma bulls start coming in talking about a W shaped recession, then we're in mm. uh, we're in trouble again. Uh, all right, number two is you're saying unemployment is contained. So um, yes. So unemployment was expected to spike and get pretty high and ugly, um, but it didn't. So yeah, so looking like it's going to peak out around seven and a half percent back in August. August in 2020 looks like the peak. You know, before that, on the RBA's forecast, and the RBA tends to be a little optimistic in what they present uh, to the public, but they had it peaking at just under 10 percent um, in in sort of like the March. March June this year, mm. um, but now that we've we've front loaded, we've brought that forward, that peak forward. So it looks like it's peaked in August and it's on its way down, and it's already at six point four percent and heading lower. So unemployment is much better than uh, yeah, is much better than people thought, and that's and that's good for companies because it means people still have their jobs and they still have their incomes and they still have their spending power. So that's that's bullish for the for the corporate outlook. Mm. It's bullish for people too who want who like having jobs. 
Yeah, yeah. We don't. <laughs> economists don't like really care about that so much. <laughs> I just like to bring it back to you know people every now and then, rather than thinking purely about the economy and and big business. Um, sometimes it's nice to think about that people might like to have jobs too. <laughs> sure. Uh, <Yeah>. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. So, well, I guess um, to go along with the unemployment rate dropping number three is that the jobs market is heating up which is to be expected i guess um so as unemployment's dropping um there are more people going back to back to work back into the market therefore there's more competition for jobs is that a fair assessment yeah, that's right. So the job market's looking uh, reasonably tight. The, the forward-looking indicators are looking pretty good. So the number of people on JobKeeper has already fallen by 7% um, and trending lower. So that's pretty decent, the number of people are unemployed. You know, if there's a huge, if there's a huge pool of unemployed out there, um, that, you know, that's not a great look for the, the labour market. That suggests things are going to re- remain subdued. Um, you're not going to see any wage pressures coming through. But Unemployment, the pool of unemployed is getting smaller and never never got that big to begin with. Uh, on top of that, you look at the job ads. Um, indeed, job ads is one of the best indicators we've got. That's now well above where it was pre-COVID um, yeah. and, and trending higher. So the labour market looks looks pretty tight. There was a pivot from full-time to part-time employment through 2020, but that seems to be unwinding now too. Yeah, so going forward is a good outlook for the jobs market. Yeah. Where did Indeed come from, by the way? I, I always thought it was, um, what was the one? Seek. Seek. Seek was the big one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Indeed was here. Have you ever yeah. used it? I did, I did yonks ago, yeah. Right. For a yeah. bit. Yeah. It seemed like a, like a Google search of jobs or something, isn't it? Yeah, is I, think it's, a, I think it's an aggregator, but right. I don't know. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Someone can just go, well, I'm just going to aggregate everything that's already out there. I mean, it happens all the time, I guess. You see it with all these hotel booking sites mm, and stuff. Mm. Um Eventually, it's got to end. Like, at what point, <laughs> if like you know, one aggregator comes out and then a few other aggregators come out, grabbing some different sources, and then you need an aggregator for all the aggregators, and <laughs> like, it's just like a, it's some sort of inception situation. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. So the jobs market, jobs market's heating up, um, and therefore, number four is household income is up. So mm, mm. everyone's back in back at work. We've got jobs. Um, stands to reason now that household income is going up. Is that, well, hang on. Mm. Are we saying we're getting paid more? Uh, no, we're not seeing any wage pressures. But what we, so when we talk about household income here, what we're talking about is the Australian households as a collective, as a group. When you look at those, when you mm. look at the income of Australian households, Mm. Uh, altogether, it's uh, it grew strongly through 2020, and that was for two reasons. First, that wages income didn't fall as much as we were expecting it to, so wages income held up pretty solidly. Partly that was um, just a, a stronger jobs market than expected, um, so wages income held up. At the same time, we had a lot of government benefits flowing into um, household bank accounts, um, yeah. and so you got to yeah you put those together a stronger than expected wages outlook plus all the government supports coming into the into bank accounts and you had a you had a boom in in household incomes on CBA's measure they, they you can look at some of their data on their their internal um, their customer accounts and they're saying that it was up when you put those two together household mm. income at the end of 2020 was growing at 14 percent which is which is huge it's massive yeah I was going to so, say that's not just me that reading that as big that's a big number. It is a big number, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's much. It's one of the surprise stories to come out of COVID. But yeah, household incomes, yeah, households had an income boom through the second half of twenty twenty. Yeah, right. So is it just that it didn't drop? Um, is it it didn't drop as much as expected, and then there was a lot of kind of compensation for a, were we comp, were we compensating for a bigger drop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the government the government support packages through JobKeeper, mm. the job job seeker supplement, they were there to to backfill the economy, to backfill the hole that they were expecting yeah. to to happen. But the hole was much shallower than than they were expecting, and so you imagine you dump a whole yeah. bunch of sand in a relatively shallow hole, you end up like with a little little hill, and that's what we've got. <laughs> Thank you. For, <laughs> Thank you for putting it in those terms. I completely understand. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've used the little hill analogy. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I just I was just going straight to a big pile of cash that I could jump into. With, mm. You know, if you've got a hole and you fill it with cash, then it's good. 14, yeah. That's 14%. It's amazing. Mm, um, yeah. So not only that, okay, so we've got people going back, in, back to work. We've got household income is up by 14%. Mm. And then the kicker, number five, expenses are down. Mm, mm. which that's just a that's a perfect storm of of being flush isn't it it is it is that's right yeah so number five the fifth point in our 10 here is that yeah that with with the interest rate cuts that we saw um Mm. which were substantial when you include the the pivot to fixed rates that just freed up a lot of cash flow for for households so their expenses are down and as a result their household disposable income is booming it's you know it's growing at something like I don't know, is it like five percent or something? It's it's strong, it's and well above wages. Yeah, so yeah, so, they, so yeah, about six percent. So it's yeah, it's very strong. So expenses are down. Does that is that because during COVID and during that that you know a lot of the lockdown, people couldn't buy stuff, they couldn't get out, they couldn't spend. Is are we, is that are we counting that as expenses being down, or are we just saying that people? Um, like I don't know, was yeah, it so was their utility bills down? What was down? Um, there were there were a number of yeah expenses that got cut like there a lot of you know I'm in New South Wales and um, you know the car rego costs were halved and things like that so there was there oh, right. those kind of yeah there was a few things like that but this particular measure here we're talking about household disposable income and we look we're interested in household disposable income because that's sort of the a measure of free cash flow that consumers can spend on discretionary items um, or whatever they want. Um, but again, if you can't go out, if you can't, you know, we talk about discretionary spending. If you mm. can't go out and do things that you you do you want to do just for fun, mm. then yeah, then th- your this is down. Yeah, that's sort of a separate measure. But the the boom the boom in household dispos- disposable income is largely driven by the fall in interest rates and the reduction in mortgage expenses. Right. Okay. So that's Very that's good. sort of what's freed up a lot of the the cash flow for households in in aggreg- in aggregate. All right, let's let's pause there. We'll take a quick break uh, and a word from our sponsor, hopefully, if we've got one. Uh, and we'll be right back after this with the other five reasons the economy is going to be booming. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome back here on Comedian versus Economist and we're talking about the Australian economy booming in the next 18 months to two years, going through the top 10 reasons why that's going to happen and we're up to number six, Thomas, and number six is that households are flush. This goes. This sounds a lot like number five, to be honest, well, a combination of five and four and three. Yeah, yeah, I can see why you're confused about that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, this pulls together everything you've been talking about, everything I've been talking about with, you know, incomes up, expenses down, disposable Mm. income up, plus consumers haven't been out there spending because they just haven't been able to. And as a result of that, they've they've got a stack of cash sitting at the bank. So the savings ratio in the economy has boomed and households are sitting on a substantial amount of money, quite a lot more than they were pre-COVID. In aggregate, like I know some households are going to be like, hang on, that's not, not me. But in, mm. a, in aggregate, households had uh, built up quite a, lot, a strong savings buffer. The question is, what do they do with that? Like, do they go out and just go like, oh, I'm just going to blow it on a bunch of discretionary retail items? Or am I going to, you know, is it going to become a buy deposit? Stonks. On a, our, 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 buy stonks, yeah. <laughs> GameStop, still hot. It's due for another run. Buy the dip. Yes. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they'll go out and buy Bitcoin. Who knows? So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. What, what are what are households going to do with that with that money? But yeah. But right now they're flush. They're flush. And I mean, it's interesting. Um, I, I mentioned that we'd just you know put some money into the share market. Um, that presumably does that help things like as opposed to putting it into Bitcoin? You mentioned Bitcoin. Um, I'm just thinking then. Does is it is there any negative to the economy if you put money into Bitcoin as opposed to buying stocks because it's not really a thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> like like companies yeah. benefit if you buy stocks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it yeah, potentially it makes makes gives them access to more more capital. Mm. It means it makes it easier for them to invest. That increases the productive capacity. Yeah. If you put it all into Bitcoin, you're just taking money out of the economy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's yeah. I mean, it's there's not a like a lot of not an economic benefit there until you get to the point of you know overthrowing the old capitalist fiat <laughs> system with something better, which you, and then then it's a productive use of your money. But all right, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of next eighteen months, probably not so much. <laughs> probably not. All right, I'm I'm hodling anyway. All yeah. right. Um, so number seven is consumer confidence is high. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if you coming coming out of coming out of all of that, consumers are feeling you know they're pumped. They're doing well, they good. would be. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 buoyant. The mood mood is buoyant. Um, there's a couple of there's a few consumer sentiment survey measures. Westpac is booming. It's the it's the strongest it's been since you know the mining boom back in 2013. Um, some of the others aren't quite so you know jubilant, but yeah. But it, but the point is, consumer sentiment is way up on where it was pre-COVID, and you know at the very least, it's back to pre-COVID levels on some measures, much stronger. Yeah, wow. I still haven't been surveyed. I still have no confidence that these surveys are actually a real thing. <laughs> I want to. I just well, just once. I want to be surveyed for the consumer confidence index. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a pain. It's like it takes you two hours, and you get like a five dollar voucher what? at the end of it. Two hours. Yeah. Well, you'd want to be get asked by. Yeah. You'd want to be it, feeling confident. You got time. You got time is money. <laughs> you got cash to burn if you can spend two hours doing a consumer confidence survey from Westpac. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I, I had to do. I did a Roy Morgan one because it, because they bundle up a whole bunch of questions about because it, it's like, are you feeling confident? Okay. Are you planning to buy any cars in the near future? Are you planning to buy any large, re, you know, household white goods? Are you gonna? Mm. How do you think? How's your cash flow position? There's a whole bunch of questions that goes on and on. Yeah. Wow. I'm bored already. All right, number eight, the RBA will run the printing press hot. We've talked a lot about quantitative easing and money printing. So you reckon this is all this is all set to continue? Yeah, yeah, it's going to keep on going. I mean, the interesting thing is that um, we're we're running the printing press pretty hot. We've never done this before. We've mm. committed to another five billion a week up until September. Well, the RBA has. Uh, most people seem to think that that'll keep rolling on, even though the economy is doing pretty well. But they're kind of forced to because, you know, as RBA's assets, their balance sheet as a percentage of GDP is around 15% right now. When the, For the rest of the world, it's more like 55, 60%. Um, and so we're, our quantitative easing program is lagging the world substantially and that's because we've had a much better COVID experience mm. um, but it means unless we sort of start running our printing press as well that's, that's going to start seeing our, our currency appreciate which creates a whole bunch of other problems and the RBA is saying that they're going to keep doing you know happy to keep conditions loose until they get unemployment with a four uh, with a four in front of it so four point something um, and that's you know at the best case scenario that's sort of two to three years away so yeah lots of money yeah slated to come into the system and keep on coming mm. Let's hope it's not 40%. I don't imagine they'd be too happy if they had a four in front of it. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the numbers starting with four should be the criteria that the, yeah. uh, the RBA work from. Or 400%. <laughs> Everyone's lost four jobs four each. Jobs. <laughs> uh, that'd be no good. Um, the, the Australian dollar is... Is running up at the moment, isn't it? Like we're, mm. it's it's pretty, it's increasing in value against the US dollar, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it's because we're doing well, and there's also a mining boom. I actually didn't put this in the um, in the things, but we've got a, a, another mining boom happening. Really? We're, yeah, yeah. Iron ore revenues are through the roof. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, oh no, it's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, no, I'm just. Were you planning on building an aluminium smelter or something? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to save that for my consumer confidence survey. <laughs> Are you planning on building an aluminium smelter? <laughs> yes. Oh, no, no, it's yeah. good. I was just thinking, just thinking back to some of the 
the uh, investment decisions I made in the previous week or two. Um, ah, right, right. Thinking maybe I was, uh, maybe I didn't put enough into the <laughs> mining sector. <laughs> I think we'll, we've, we've slated this to look at next week. So next week, let's do people are talking about a resources super cycle kicking right. in. So let's let's take a look at that next week. Let's look at that super cycle and a bit of an outlook for the resources sector. Yeah, nice. don't 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 hold us to that. That's our plan. But we may we'll do that next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So uh, number eight is businesses are flush as well. So we're not just talking about your your everyday mums and dads and uh, you know, Joe on the street, businesses are flush as well as, as consumers. Yeah, so, yeah, business conditions are holding up. This is, comes from the NAB uh, business survey, but you, they, have a, they have a question on how's your cash flow um, and that, that measures, that's best it's been in, I don't know, five, six years or something. So, you know, it's, it's peaking out on the chart. So, um, yeah, retail spend, you know, consumer spending's held up better than expected, Um you know their their interest costs have come down as well because there's a bunch of cheap money for business loans as well. Um, so they're flush. So they're doing pretty well. So that that'll either go into investments or you know maybe come out as dividends for investors. Um, but yeah, it's a good news story. Right. It's, there's just cheap money everywhere. Then isn't it? Like I mean, the mm. interest rates being so low, everyone has more money. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just yeah. the general reaction to the interest rates being low. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the exact point. Like that's yep. the yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so businesses are flush, and number nine is they're also bullish. Is that right? Yeah. So if you look, sort of step back from the cash flow measure and look at mm. their general outlook. You know how confident they are about their outlook and business conditions. Uh, it's you know bounced right back from the the low. It you know dropped right to hit the floor with with COVID, but has bounced mm. right back and is now higher than it was, you know, for the last five six years. So businesses are generally pretty bullish about about the outlook for the next eighteen months. And is that does that result in them, you know, adding more staff? Does that is that a contributing factor to those points we were talking about earlier around uh, employment and all that sort of stuff? So when businesses are confident, they're like, yeah, we've got money coming in, we've, we can we can borrow money cheaply, we can put on more people, we can create more jobs, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Expand production, invest in new factories or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. Mm. All right, the last one, number ten. Uh, you're talking about rebounding trading partners. Yeah, so particularly the US here, but also, you know, so China's sort of come, done pretty well, bouncing back out of COVID, but, you know, we're sort of repositioning our trading stance with China. We're in the middle of a bit of a transition there. Mm. If you look at our other major trading partners, it's sort of the US and the UK, they're the next biggest. Uh, And those economies have really been held down by COVID. Um, and the U.S. is only really just now looking like it's getting a good handle on on COVID. Mm. Um, yeah, and and they're you know they're vaccine they're rolling out a vaccine. They've got about twenty percent of the population fully vaccinated. They expect to have population fully vaccinated by Independence Day by July. Yeah, so you think about just in that sense, our second and third biggest trading partners have been you know struggling with COVID. So if they start to come out of that, that's a good news story for us. Mm. And it, look, it looks like they will. And U.S. economy, all the same factors there that are in play here are in play in the U.S. as well. Um, you know, cheap money and potentially to overcooking things a bit. Um, right. So this is not just a. This is not just necessarily an Australian boom. This is you're talking. It's a kind of. Can we say it's a global boom? Is that is like everything post kind of COVID recovery at whatever point different countries reach that sort of recovery point at 
there's a boom for everyone? Uh yeah, I mean, oof, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't watch, I don't follow too many closely economies all that closely. I take, you know, mm. obviously the Australian um, and a pretty active interest in the US economy. Um, so I, I don't know about the rest, rest of the world, but yeah, certainly in the US, people are, you know, there's a lot of people saying that the outlook for the US is really strong as well, on similar reasons: super cheap money, large stimulus payments expansion of the money, money supply. I'd be, I'd be interested if we can talk about this next week when we're doing this super cycle about the resources sector. Because mm. um, I, was, I was a bit surprised to hear you talk about iron ore booming. Haven't China said we're not buying iron ore anymore? Mm, mm. Maybe, yeah, we can, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll park that and we can pick that mm. up next week because that's, that's something that's got... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's pull a handbrake here on that one. I'm not sure about your career in sound effects, uh, Ah, just no. vo- vocalized sound effects. I think we. Sh- I think there's maybe some, maybe with all this flush cash that we've all got these days, maybe we could invest in some actual production sound ah, effects rather sound than effect. you just voicing them. <laughs> After last week's tight five opener, that was just horrendous. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we do it, thought it was going to be tight five, ended up being a sloppy fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, you know, you gotta you gotta try these things. This is the beautiful yeah. the beauty of the podcast medium is you can try these things out, you know, and sometimes they, they work and sometimes they don't. Mm. Um all right, so that's it. So that's the top ten uh the top ten reasons. But overall we we things are looking pretty rosy. Yeah, I think that I think that's the view. That's my view. I think it's that's sort of the view that everyone seems to be taking. It's yeah, it's it's a unique period in time, and the fact that everyone's pretty upbeat about the every economist that in the market mm. is pretty upbeat about the outlook for the next eighteen months or so. So, so yeah, question without notice. Then I know you did a lot of prep for this. Like this is my one bit of prep. How can I make money out of it? Do I just do I just buy buy everything? I think I think what you what you would what the way you would read this is that it's a tailwind for for companies. So, the outlook mm. for profits in general is improving and getting strong um and then within that so that sort of creates a bit of a tailwind as an investor and and sort of like the most basic thing is just buy an asx 208 etf or Mm. or something like that (laughs) that's what i did and it went down two percent oh yeah (laughs) those structural headwinds (laughs) (laughs) no one told me about structural headwinds i heard heard boom i thought get in we gotta get in and i said (laughs) come with me Jump on my shoulders! I'll carry you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I think people would say, yeah, it's it's a it's yeah, it's a it's a tailwind for companies in general, and then within that, there are going to be sectors and um, companies that are going to outperform based on you know sector and company specific factors. Mm. All right, do your own research. I think is the, mm. the key message mm. there, um, yeah. but it certainly sounds good. So, uh, all right, let's leave it there. Um, that does us for another another week. Thank you very much for tuning in out there. We genuinely, um, really do appreciate your support and appreciate you tuning in to the show. Um, don't forget, you can always send us a message if you want to get in touch. CVE at equitymates.com. Uh, or head over to the website equitymates.com forward slash CVE. 
once again, a big thanks to the Equity Mates guys, uh, Bryce and Alec, for their support. Uh, if you're not listening to their podcast, it really is excellent. Equity Mates Investing Podcast. They also do a beginner series for anyone who's um, just getting started investing. In fact, I think it is called Getting Started, Get Started Investing. Uh, and Equity Mates Media, uh, who we are a part of here on Comedian versus Economist, have also launched a brand new show as well called Meet Pay Love, which is uh, is a really fun listen. So go and check that out as well. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Nice one. This podcast proudly brought to you by Equity Mates Media. Always remember, all information contained in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to our disclaimer page where you can find resources to search for a registered financial professional near you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.